You're listening to Heating Up the UK, a Miami Heat UK-based podcast. Here's your host, Dan Healy, also known as at the Miami Heat UK. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome to episode three of Heating Up the UK, a Miami Heat UK-based podcast. I'm your host, Dan Healy, and today, for the first time in the infancy of this podcast, I have a guest with me. I am joined by uh, a family member, my cousin Chris Howard. Chris, how you doing, mate? I'm good, thanks, Dan. Good, good. It was supposed to be an all-out family affair. My, uh, my brother, Bobby, who is also a, uh, a fellow NBA fanatic, um, was supposed to be joining us, but uh, unfortunately, um, real-life stuff has got in the way, and uh, he's had to work, so... He's sorted his priorities out, unfortunately for us, and uh, we'll crack on just the two of us today. So I won't go into the details just yet of uh, who Chris supports, I'll allow him to do that in a second, but very briefly, um, we all got into the NBA around the same sort of time, we're both, we're all going into our fourth year uh, enjoying uh, the NBA, and um, it wasn't really anything exciting, we all just decided that um, we would give this a go, uh, Bobby, who isn't with us today, um, loosely watched it the year before us. He told us to give it a crack, uh, and it's quite bizarre, really, how we all instantly just fell in love with it. We grabbed it. We enjoy it. We we now, all three of us, whenever we're together, all we do is talk about the NBA. We watch games together, and I think that's really helped with all of our passion for it because all we want to do now is talk and watch basketball. So. It was actually on Chris's birthday that we decided that he would get involved in it. The season was about three weeks old, I think. Um, he was overlooking me and Bobby watching the game. And we said, right, Chris, you're going to enjoy this sport. So we're demanding now you pick a team. Our only stipulation at the time is you couldn't choose the Cavs and you couldn't choose the Warriors. The Warriors yeah. So uh, tell us how you ended up on the team that you are with. I think, it was it four years ago now? Four was years. This four, no, this is our fourth season, isn't it? I can't remember, it's fourth or fifth, it might be fourth, yeah. Um, So basically I wasn't allowed to choose the Cavs or the Warriors because of the dominance of both teams. Uh, It made sense to pick an East team because that's where the other two uh, had East teams as it was and it would make it more competitive um, that we play each other, obviously maximum amount of times rather than the West Coast, which is twice. Um, So I chose the uh, reigning and defending NBA champions, the Toronto Raptors. Um, Rory Hunter. Yeah, good on it. Yeah, uh, well, we did have two. My first, my first two years were basically getting absolutely handed to us by LeBron. Um, so it wasn't particularly that much, that enjoyable in the playoffs. Um, but it was actually kind of by luck, really. I looked at the the table at the time. I think it was about four or five games in, um, and I just didn't. I wanted to pick. I didn't want to be a glory hunter. And I didn't want someone who was obviously going to get taken apart every week. So I tried to pick someone who was like just above the middle kind of thing. I didn't really look at history and anything. So I think they were fourth at the time. Um, and yeah, just picked them. I like the name. I looked at the logo. I like the logo. It sounds really weird way to choose it, but I had no history of the sport. I didn't have a clue. I didn't look at who's got a big future, anything like that. I just liked the name. Um, I liked the fact they were Canadian, so they were different. Um, and yeah, I just went with them. And then obviously it's given me a lot of uh, a heartache and then a lot of joy <laughs> in the last uh, few months. Um, and now just, uh, as I say, obsessed with it to the point. Uh, I'd say I got with the jerseys. I've got memorabilia in my house. Been out to been out with Dan to Toronto to watch and play. Yeah. Um, it, it's it's everything literally to me. It's taken over from football now. 
Um, all I think about is basketball now. So um, it's amazing to think I didn't have this in my life four years ago, but now I literally couldn't imagine anything different, really. Yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's always the same, really, when um, UK fans take up an uh, American sport because we've got no affiliation with it. We, we, it's not like a, you're a West Ham supporter, for example, mm. for, with football, and you're a West Ham supporter probably because your dad's a West Ham supporter and so on. Where, whereas when you're picking a team from America, the usual consensus would normally be, well, I went there on holiday once. It's normally area, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, I went there on holiday once and I caught a game while I was out there, so now I sort of picked up from there. But apart from that, it then becomes almost like silly reasons, like I like the logo, I like the kit. I know you're also a big Drake and uh, Weekend, Weekend fan. fan yeah, they're, exactly. they're both from Canada. So, yeah, that, that sort of is, is how most of us get into it. So, uh, no, it's a great team. It is hard, though, when, as I say, fans say, oh, because you're not from there, you can't, you can't support them as well. It's like mm. you can love them just as much because you're not from there. It would only mean that the love would grow even more. If you was if you was from Miami, obviously you support them, but you'd go down even more. It's only you try and get over there once a season. Yeah. Sometimes, as I say, twice if you can with the mm. Marlins. Yeah. But if you did, but that shows how much you love them. The fact that you're willing to pay that to get over to see them. People, we spoke to people out in Toronto when we were there, and they were like, "You're mad. You come all this way, and that's that's how much mm. like we love it now." Yeah. And I think that that says a lot, but it is is sometimes hard when you do have a debate online with a few people and they say, oh, but you're for not Randy. Like, <laughs> it's like, no, it's not at all, is it? Like, yeah. we still still love it just as much, but it's, it's just, uh, you obviously can't go over as much. That's all it is. Yeah, of course, of course. Now, it's a great city to choose, a real good sporting city. It's a fantastic time we had out there. And you pick them up now um, as reigning champions. So, yeah, uh, <laughs> um, when I think back to last season, um, we'll quickly come onto it. Uh, this is, by the way, it... This is a Miami Heat podcast, but as a as a one off for the for the time being, it's only got one chance we're going to get to do this. So we're going to season preview uh, stuff from the wider NBA. So we will touch on the Heat. We will come across the Heat, but we want to we want to pick up some of the stuff going into next uh, season that's about to come up with us. So, um, but going back to last year's playoffs, um, there's three things that sort of stick out in my mind, um, and I'm sure you know they're the obvious three. The first one was obviously that Kawhi shot with the buzzer beater uh, in Game 7 against Philly. That's obviously a big standout moment. Uh, second for me was um, you going from 2-0 down against the Bucks to then roll four past them and somehow Milwaukee allowing a R&B star to get completely under their skin. <laughs> That's hilarious. Um, and then the third sort of thing that I can think of was you basically closing down the Oracle Arena Thought we weren't beaten that season. We won. We won all four games in that season. Exactly. So, I assume the standout moment for you as a Raptor fan was the, the shot. shot. Well, I don't know. The, the, the title was got to be. But well, of the course, shot, of course. The shot was the mad thing. Was that series? Like, I didn't. I didn't enjoy any of the playoffs. Let's be honest. Is no. You, you, you enjoy the playoffs. You go through when you can't affect it. The stress and stuff involved in it. You don't. Other than the back end of the Magic series, where once we we knew the first game we lost, it was like, well, where'd that come from? Then we we won every other game by twenty five points, so that was enjoyable. But after that, like it, it, it's annoying when you read online about when we play Philly. It's like, oh, but you barely beat Philly. Philly are a good team. They're all huge, six for eight. They're a lot of our players couldn't play. Like Fred didn't play because he was just too small, so they just dominated him out. Um, and just so we grinded our way through that series, and Kawhi got us through. But I remember watching. Watch. I watched all the games live anyway, but it didn't. It just didn't actually resonate when I was watching it when he went down. I didn't. I actually 
it, all, all the celebrations went off and I was just almost in shock. I didn't I didn't absorb what had happened. Yeah. Um, of course, there's a lot of element of luck with the shot, but like I was being talking to Bobby, he's a Philadelphia fan, saying oh, obviously it was fortunate and stuff like that. Um, with the with the bounces and that, but through the season, I, I can't say he's meant it. Of course, he hasn't. But I see him at least five or six of them shots he made where he he hit the front rim and it rolled in and he got a lucky bounce. There was a couple in the finals that did it. So I'm not saying he aimed it, but he said in an interview afterwards he said he'd done a shot before and um, he didn't give it enough enough height on it, so it dropped short. So they say if you hit the front rim, then he's tired. Obviously, his legs have gone, kind of thing, but. He he just got it. He said he got up as high as it did. It was soft bounce, and there's a lot of, of fortune in, into it. And who knows what would have happened after that? Because I'll be honest with you, I think uh, Philly had the the momentum in that mm. game. Um, yeah. It seesawed back and forward. But in terms of a series, they were just blowouts, left, right, and centre. Like either one of them could have gone through, and it wouldn't have had any mm. any qualms at all. And uh, we were just lucky that we had the best player on the floor in that series. Yeah, yeah, I agree. There's there's nothing between the two teams. Well, there was nothing between the two teams. Um, I remember you watching obviously that live uh, going into the early hours. He was here. Um, I wasn't here for that. Oh, not the, that the one. Game sorry, sorry. Game, game five, I think. Or yeah, it was. but I remember you um, obviously uh, watched it, then tried to get whatever time of morning it was, trying to then get to sleep. I didn't. And yeah, <laughs> I, just, I just read. I, I like when the games as well. Obviously, you don't when you lose, really. But I like reading the aftermath as mm. well. Like sometimes, especially if you're on a higher. Like when we, as I said, talk about when we won the final. I must have spent, I think the game finished about five and I had the day off work luckily, but I think I read Twitter and the, obviously the elation and everything and the lights of a thousand pictures of it for a good three hours until yeah. I could get slick because my heart was still coming out of my chest. Yeah. And the same with that Kawhi moment, but it wasn't, with the elation of when we won it, that's the enjoyment, it was like the, thank God it was over, yeah. but the Philly one, it, it actually, I actually rewound it a good three or four times to watch what happened because I couldn't take it in. But it was it was such a draining series. Where as I said, it could have gone left, right, and uh, it could have gone anywhere. Um, Dan, obviously, you watched one of the games, and it was from a neutral point of view. You were just sitting there with your beer, watching it, <laughs> yeah. like literally haymaker for haymaker, and yeah. just seeing seeing where it went, bucket for bucket, and mm. two two top five NBA defensive teams, very yeah. good at offensive teams, obviously, and it was just. We were very fortunate, as I say, he just got us over that line. Yeah, yeah, that's the beauty of the NBA. That's why we love it. We, uh, we got you got to take the rough for the smooth, and uh, that was rough. That playoff series, absolutely rough. But uh, fortunately for you, came out on top. Yeah. So um, obviously, we we're, we're going to preview going ahead now into the upcoming season. We obviously had to touch on last year because I can't talk to a Raptor fan and not get his thoughts on uh, how uh, the title ended up in their hands. But uh, up next, we're going to start talking about the Heat and what Chris thinks on what they can do and the impact of our brand new signing, Jimmy Butler. Okay, so as this is a Heat-based podcast, um, we will start to talk a little bit about the Miami Heat before coming on to uh, some of the wider NBA uh, issues that's coming up. Um we have acquired, as everyone knows, an all-star in Jimmy Butler, which is something that the Heat have been crying out for since I've been watching the sport, since the Big Three left. It's a trade that should have happened about a year ago. Um, it was very heavily muted that we was going to be going for Jimmy and, and was in talks. In fact, we was in the brink of getting him uh, when he was at Minnesota. Um, it all went wrong at the time. I think Minnesota adding in some, uh, some extra players at the last minute. But Chris, just to get your take on... This, this trade because at the time that was heavily rumoured to be 
Jimmy coming to us and the other way going Dragic, um, Winslow. Was it Derek Jones Jr.? And I think Derek Jones Jr. Yeah, was going to be... Oh, sorry, no, it wasn't. It was Kelly. Um, mm. and, uh, and, and even a pick as well uh, for Jimmy coming the other way. Now, the trade ended up being basically to Philadelphia. Jimmy coming to us, obviously. We're losing Jay Rich. And we've got rid of our most horrific contract in Hassan Whiteside in what was a four-team deal. So what do you think in terms of where we can go this year? What do you think is our ceiling? And do you think that Jimmy's impact will lift us to, say, a home court seed, which I think is what the, the Miami Heat's target is this year? Um, well, any time you can add a star... Is you're going you're going to do it? Obviously, I think he, they've been rumblings of him wanting to play with D Wade at the time. Um, so it's a shame he's not there now. And there's even rumours about him saying him coming back uh, to yeah. play with him. Um, my my concern. I mean, I think it's, it's a good trade for Philly as well. Obviously, he was a disgruntled star. Didn't want to didn't want to resign. So of course they got something back back from it. Jay Rich is a good yeah. piece for them. Um, I think with Heat. As I've said to you before, I think it's not the star that it gives you. I I just are concerned about the role players and what they can give you. And you know what Jimmy's going to give you? He's going to give you elite. Each end of the floor, he'll probably give you 20 points a game. He'll be your closer. You've now got a closer after D-Wade. Um, but it's about the role players. Can um, Kelly Linick chuck in 10 points? Mm-hmm. Can Dion Waiters be reliable? Can uh, Dragic get back to... He was he was superb before he was injured. He was yep. 18, 20 points, whoever he was, an yep. all-star. Um, if they can, if they can add that at top of, so you've got someone who's going to get you 20, 22 points, and you've got Jargis maybe seventeen, eighteen, and you've got Dion Waiters ten, you've got um, Derek Jones Jr. maybe seven or eight. If you've got all them who can consistently contribute, then he's going to be a really good team this year. But that's the only thing that I think defensively you'll be a nightmare again as always because yeah. you always are difficult to play against. But it's great you've now got a closer that mm-hmm. he can do that for you. Um, it's just my concerns don't come with Jimmy I think Jimmy's going to be great for you I, I'm concerned about what the role players will give you whether they can get you a lead can they can they keep you a lead while you're sitting mm-hmm. all those kind of things yep. um, but I do think it, it's obviously you're better than last year um, so I don't see you scraping around for 8th, 7th um, let's be honest from 3rd down to 8th is a toss up anyway, yep. it, it could be it could be anything so um, I, I don't know I don't really know but would you obviously last year didn't get didn't make it did you? Yeah, la- so, last year was was a really disappointing year. Obviously finishing tenth in the end. Um, that that won't happen. That, no, that won't happen. You're, you're completely right in the fact fact that really from third down, it, is, it, it yeah. could be any any bunch of a, of a lot of teams. Nothing will um, surprise me. The, the the in the organisation the Heat are targeting a top four finish, which will give you a home court advantage. Now personally, I think that's a reach. I don't say it's. Impossible by mm. any shout. No. I think that's a reach. Um, if you've got all... another star, if, if if say you made a mid-season trade, then yeah. I would say yeah. But yeah. I'd, put, I'd I'd feel comfortable with having you maybe up with the, the Pacers because the Pacers have not got Oladipo back. I don't think till Christmas. Mm. But I think they're going to take it of course, which I hope because they wanted to get back to where he was. Mm. Um, so until then, they're pretty average at a minute. Yeah. Um, so I I think he I, he could get that, but I would probably say as I say the year before they were eighth. I would say fifth or sixth is realistic yeah. um, for them to be, but it could be anything, in my opinion. Yeah, I think that, that I, I had heat down for, for a sixth or seventh finish. Mm. Um, I think to get that sort of 
uh, seed, which is what they're you targeting. Um, I think all the players, I mean, Win- Winslow had a little mini breakout oh, year yeah, last year. Um, he's got to come on again. If he does, that's exciting. I think Derek Jones Jr. needs to step up again from what he's done because he's, he's been brilliant for us so far. But I think he needs to find yet another level. Um, and then you're absolutely right. If we can get um, a Goran Dragic back to what he was the year before last with his injuries... Um, That'd be he'll, massive. If you had a one-two punch with him, you have Butler leading, yep. and with him obviously twenty odd points. If you had Dragic, even even fifteen above, but the all-round play with the ball hand and stuff, if yeah. you had them two giving you, say, forty points, thirty-eight points. Yeah. Then that's that's a really good start. I, I think that for us to do that, that there can't be many off nights, and no. I think that the roster is good enough to do that. But they've got to bring it every game. We can't mm. have people go missing for three weeks like did happen a few times last year. Um, it's a big, big season for Bam. Everyone knows how big I am yeah. on, on Bam Adebayo. Um, he's now going to get the minutes that he wants. Very surprised he was uh, cut by USA, I've got to be honest. Everything yeah. I read, they were raving about him. Yeah, yeah. So I don't get that at all. Yeah, there's, but a... there's more time for you to develop him, obviously. Yeah, so um, I, I think, from, from my point of view, all right, I'm always going to be a little bit biased, but I, I do try and keep a level head with it and try and remain sensible. I think that the organisation are absolutely right to have that as their target. They should be targeting anything up to third. Now, I'm not saying that's going to happen. I think much more realistic is a sixth or seventh seed. You've got to give them something to go for, though. Exactly. What, yeah. what would they, if you went, oh, if we make it... Because realistically, like, against the big boys, if you like, if you finish in seventh and eighth and you're, you're away, you could be 2 down and more than likely you're going to be 2 down because the top two are so elite. It's so tough. Like I know, obviously, we was a... Obviously, to turn against Milwaukee was all, all, like a very bizarre way that they kind of folded, but... You don't normally, if you go 2 nil down, if you look at the odds, I think it was something like 6% mm. once they go 2 nil down, actually get back in it and retake home court and stuff. So mm-hmm. if you can get yourself a 5th or a 6th, but you don't want to scrape in, oh lads, the aim is to get into the players, make a bit more money, like get the, the yeah. brand like that. You say, I want you to aim for, especially this year, when it's so uh, such a toss-up where anything could happen. I think it's realistic mm. to say, look, this is what we think we can achieve now. We've got someone who can try and get us over the top. Yeah. Like why? Like be hungry. Like I think you can do it. So, so with that in mind, and you've already sort of touched on it, with the league full of duos at the moment, mm. no one's got, no one's really a star pullout candidate. Um, we've got Jimmy, and the rumours that aren't going away are CP3. Mm. Now, I don't think it will happen yet, but I think there's a realistic chance it could happen before a trade deadline. Um, my take, and I've already said this on one of my first podcasts uh, doing this, is I don't want to do it because purely not because he's not a good player. I like him, but he's an aging player and he's on a horrific contract. Say we are hovering around the sixth or seventh seed and then we pick up CP3. He'll still then have two and a half years left on his contract. Do you see the needle being moved much? And do you think it's worth it in the long run? It depends. Like it all depends what position you're in at the time. Because it depends if you're if you're really pushing as I say a top three or top four, mm. and you think and you and you do get a home court series, then he would massively help you. As yep. much as people look at him, right, he's still a very good player. I get he's in the back end of his years now, but he would help any team on mm. the, on on the roster. It's just that, that horrific contract. So I said to you before, I think. So what was what he? What is he making? Like 30, 32 it's, and then thirty eight. Yeah. Yeah. in the high thirties. Yeah. yeah. So if someone went to you. You could have him for twenty-two million a year. They, you'd bite the round You'd off, take him, right? Yeah. So it's not his ability. It's the fact. I know he's had a couple of hamstring injuries, but it's it's the fact that the contracts and stuff like that. Um, 
I don't I don't think you should really because in my opinion I know you can say anyone can win it we proved anyone can win it but yeah. I just think with this, the class coming up that we've said before um, to then tie yourself into that um, I'm not sure it'd be a way to go but yeah. I'm not I'm not surprised at all he wasn't moved because everyone's saying oh he's going to get moved immediately when when someone signs a new contract or they're traded somewhere they can't then be traded for six months mm. and I read somewhere there was I think it was 55 or 60% of the NBA was untradeable at that point because they joined new teams or yeah. they signed new contracts so it's got to be a salary match so how uh, obviously picks and stuff like that so you've got to find a partner for the players that you want back for the players that they want mm. for it to work with only 40% of the NBA av- available so it was only going to be realistically be um, the um, the one before the, the transfer deadline after the all-star break that yeah. you're going yeah. to be able to do it because you've got more selection available um, I wouldn't do it personally I, and I think I think it would really help you but I just think it's, it's too steep a price to pay to be tied in yeah. for that and Jimmy because Jimmy's yeah. I think Jimmy's early thirties now. Yeah. So say so would say that so although he's still gonna have a good few years intensity left in, if you've got him and C P three and you're paying sixty or seventy percent of your cap mm. for them two players, yeah, I think it's it's a risk too 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 far. Again, if, if the if the price was discounted and he wasn't earning that much against the cap, then I'd say I'd say yeah, because he, he could be the difference in terms of not just the assist, the leadership, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. Um but for me there's big Miami will always be uh, a big, they're a sleeper team at the minute because they're such an iconic name and a destination and stuff like that. So for me, it, it, it might be in the next two years, or it might be even the next one after that. Say once Jimmy leaves, and it was almost a clean state. There, there will be in the next five years that Miami will be a, 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 like a powerhouse again. Yeah, yeah, I think that you're spot on, really, and that, that it's not the player because the player is good enough still, even at now. It's, it's purely down to the numbers, and that's the problem with the with the, max, the with the max contracts. I mean, even Jimmy's. Last year of his contract, he's going to be earning thirty-eight something like that million. He's going to be thirty-four, thirty-five yeah. years old. It will it will look bad, but the good thing about Jimmy is 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 still in now. such so much so such great shape that and his intensity and and how he plays, he should still be a good player. But as you say, that's that's the and it that's should the rub off. Thing. It should rub off on the other players as well. You already see that you've seen the the serious tweets, the laughing tweets, yeah. the memes about it, about saying his work ethic and yeah. he demands. Although he's Potentially, uh, obviously, a bit of a nightmare. He he drills it into people. Yeah, and, he doesn't and, take and, and for, for a team of him and and uh, Spolstra, he it might work the be, might the best. You're a defensive team. You bring in a defensive elite elite defender mm. to basically give everyone either tips, less leadership. Like I think yeah. it'll be even more of a like a granite stone wall to break down. Yeah, like, it, it, they'll they'll be very impressive defensively this year. Yeah, yeah. No, I think you're right, and I think. Um, I, I like the player. I really do like Chris Paul, but it purely comes down to the numbers. So I think that you're probably with about seventy-five percent of Heat Twitter. I think they're they're all thinking along those lines. Um, probably not the business we want to do right now. Okay, right. Um, we'll come on to the next segment next, and we will be talking about the Warriors dynasty is now over, and we no longer have a team that is a clear leader for the first time in a long time. We don't have any big threes, no trios. But we do have a league full of duos. So we're going to talk about that next. Okay, so the league has become, as we just said, a league of duos now. Um, We're not going to go on too much about the obvious ones because we all know who they are. LA uh, are dominant in terms of that sense with the Clippers and the Lakers, so no point listing the, 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 the everyday answers. 
Uh, we have also know that Houston are going to be strong, uh, etc. So I think the way to phrase this question is not about maybe who's the best duo, who's got the best duo, but who's probably got the most to prove this season. So what duo sticks out in your mind with the most to prove this year, Chris? Um, I would actually say, um, and I'm actually looking forward to watching them, um, Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons. Yeah. Um, because the the talent they both have, they both got the chance to be Hall of Fame players. Um, obviously, Ben, how athletic he is, he's, as I say, still a baby and he's a freak of an athlete. He just needs to learn. Not even, he hasn't got to be an elite shooter just to be respected, to mm. give the Embiid and other players space to work in the paint and all that kind of stuff. And we've seen footage of him working in preseason. I hope he does. Because uh, and I do think this is the year he's going to make a three as well, which obviously at first everyone's going to go mental about and start laughing about. <laughs> it. But he once he doesn't he he doesn't even need to be like he just needs to be respected. They don't have to be right up in him guarding him just to draw someone out to the perimeter or if they throw a ball to him and he's open where they haven't can't double Joel Embiid, then it will be massive for uh, Philly in, in in terms of them going further in this season and into the playoffs um, with Embiid. Like on his day, I know obviously Mark done a good job on him. Al Horford's done a good job on him in the past. Whereas Al Horford's with them now, um, he's basically unguardable when he wants to when he wants to play and how how he can play in different levels. It's just when he wants to do it, it seems to be sometimes he wants to play, sometimes he doesn't. Um, obviously, in our series in particular, he was um, doing windmill dunks. When, no, so he was ill for two games in Toronto. He was a no show. Um, he was awful, to be fair. Um, and then when he played at home, suddenly he was recovered. He done a windmill dunk and won the blowouts. He was doing aeroplanes through the <laughs> through through the arena, going yeah. mad. And suddenly then he came to the game seven. Obviously got knocked out at the end, and then he was walking off crying. But I read a lot of things about. I think it could be the best thing for him. And I think I read something yesterday or today saying that he's dropped like a stone or something like yeah. that. He's sorting out his diet and where something he's never been. That you see, he's not even going to trash talk people anymore, which would be a bit sad. <laughs> yeah, that'd be. Um, but he's basically saying that the, the the heartbreaking loss has hit him so hard that it's going to force him into being a better player. He wants to play more. Um, he wants to play seventy games. He wants to win um, defensive player of the year. Or he wants to be an All NBA player, um, and that's good because he's frightening on his day. Yeah. Um, and I think he had that ability. He kind of took it for granted, so he was just strolling up and expecting to win. But mm. you play against the two or three players who can maybe guard him, and he got found out. Whereas now, I think that he, him and Ben have both got something to prove. It took a lot of stick where, again, if another bounce of a ball and they went through, they, can't, they could be standing there on the trophy. So, yeah. But they're both, they're, they've, got un, they've got no ceiling. They're both outrageous yeah. to watch. So I, I know I'm a rival and all that kind of thing, but I always follow Dan's team, Miami. I always follow Bobby's team, Philly, because we talk about it so much. So, But you want to see good players do well. So... Um, as a neutral, I'm intrigued to see how they get on. Yeah, yeah. I, I listened to that same interview uh, with with Joel Embiid, uh, with with um, Zach Lowe, and you, the, the question, as we said, with who's got the most to prove? Well, blimey, I mean, you couldn't list more things to try and target yourself to prove yourself for, from Embiid. All the things you just mentioned there. He wants to be MVP. He wants to be Defensive Player of the Year. I mean, that's that's that must be music to uh, to the ears of the Philly fans and. Mm. And it is time now. I know we've got to start seeing um, Ben step up and, and have the bottle to start making these shots because, as they you say, it, it, it gives the team something else to think about. And at the moment, that's not that's not what's happening. You think in a regular season they were like so dominant, and obviously to get to the end, you want you want them to get to plus and then to to go up. Yeah. But Embiid in particular just absolutely nosedived. Mm. Um, and in the end, in my opinion, it cost them the series against yeah. against us because it. 
I think it showed, I think, the stats, the minutes that he was off, they lost by about 110 points or something. But on the, I think it was the, the time on the court, they, Philly won by 90 points. Mm. So he was literally the difference. And he only turned up for two games. Yep. So if he was... Uh, not ill, or if he actually was mentally there and ready to ready to go, we probably wouldn't, wouldn't have won it. Yeah. So no, that's right. That's right. Absolutely spot on. Yeah, I think that. Um, and from my point of view, um, my duo that I think has got something to prove. I'm going to go along the same sort of um, line as you, and it's another East uh, candidate and another tight candidate with with the Bucks and um, Giannis and Middleton. I think that. Giannis, obviously, he had a great season. He's MVP. I mean, you know, the, he, he will kick on another level, I think, this year. And that's a scary thought as it is. But the reason why I think he's got something to prove is because when it came to crunch time, they were 2 new up in that series. And they, they there's no other way to put it. No pretty way to put it. They fucked blew, it up. Yeah, blew it. And the whole thing with Drake was, if I'm a uh, Bucks fan, I think that's just, it's embarrassing, it's embarrassing that they, they let an NBA star get that far, uh, sorry, a, uh, a R&B star get, in get so far in their heads that they actually start bringing it up in conferences and things and, oh, we shouldn't be allowed to do this or whatever. It's, but, I mean, that's, that's embarrassing. So, and uh, Giannis is, um, is at the forefront of that. Um, I think that he's got, he, he's got to keep get, getting better with his shot. At least he's taking his shot. Um, but he's respectable, like we're saying with Ben Simmons. Yeah. So he he's although he's missing a lot, he made he's made a few. Yeah. And then the problem is then you you give everyone else space to work. Yeah. And and right. fair play to him, he's working really hard to at least try and yeah. get something respectable. Yeah, exactly. And you look at that series against Tor- Toronto, and um, you know once Kawhi was put on him, he he got he got he, he got he went non-existent. And I think with Middleton as well, he's now on max contract money, which. You know, don't get me started on that. I think that's that's ridiculous, but that's the day, day and age we're living in. I think in a couple of years that that deal. Obviously, if Janice yeah. stays, then he'd always surround himself with shooters. But I've got a feeling that is it is it five or four he signed? Um, I think it's four. Okay. I, I, I've got. A, I think in the next two or three years, that's going to look like a really horrible contract. It will do. It will do. Yeah. Because I think he'll wear. I think he'll wear down. Personally. And it was the same thing. And Chris, you can probably comment on this because obviously you watched all the games. But it was the same sort of thing where he got he got wore down as well. So tired that then he can't then be good at what he is good at, which, which is, is the making shooting, the yeah. threes and shooting. But um, yeah, I think that they're a, a, another duo that have got another level to find, and they should be. Even though I actually think that Sixers have got the. Um, the most balanced five, I I think that Bucks are the ones that should be looking at not only taking years but taking the title this year, and it will come down to whether them two can step up and prove themselves in a league full of duos at the moment. It would be great for the truth, as I say, if neither of our teams get there, yep. then to watch if, they, if them four do improve, because Janice is obviously surrounded by the, the whole point is I've just surrounded him by by shooters, so yep. he's driving kicks and that. Whereas Philly have lost two really big three-point shooters with JJ Reddick's a huge loss for him. Yeah. Um. So it's interesting to see how they got on, but they've got even more monstrous defensively. Yeah. Um. Yeah, you're not scoring the, against that team. No, right? it's, it, they, they can grind out games like 80, 80 points, ninety points if you need to. Like it's it's going to be absolutely brutal scoring them. Mm. Um. But both of them, as I say, have got all four of them. Sorry, have got a lot to prove. Yeah. Um. But I think I think there's more bigger ceiling for the Philly players because they're younger. But mm. I do I think Middleton's a very good player. As I said, like he he's he's good defensively. He's supposed to be re- obviously even better going forward. He's a career 40, 38, uh, 40 point three point shooter. So yeah. he's elite at that. Um, but 
he's not he's not max money. It's just the way nah. the markets worked exactly. out. Yeah, exactly. um, but they had to pay him because someone would have. Yep. If he had waltz, Janice would be like, "What are you doing? That's our best shooter." I basically let him go. Mm. Um, and the problem is, which which is great for Middleton. You ain't gonna pay me. Someone else will. Yeah, that's right. That's right. No, I think that's a good shout. I think we've. I think they're both. It's going to be really intriguing. Uh, I think the East is going to be brilliant this year. Again, I think it's going to be. Uh, all, right, all the stars are out west, but I think it's going to be a real slog again in the East this year. So, with that in mind, we've just covered some duos there. Give me who you think will be the dark horse in terms of a team this year. Um. I would probably go with the Denver Nuggets. Um, I think they're obviously a very young team. Um, they don't quite have. I mean, Jokic for me is is an unbelievable player. I think he could develop into a superstar. Yes, yeah. it's, it's almost. I know there's lo- loads of these Euro bigs who are incredible passers and they see the floor and all that kind of thing. Um, he, he's he's an unbelievable player, but they haven't got like someone you would determine as a top fifteen superstar to get you over the hump. He's pretty incredible. Jamal Murray, obviously, yeah. being supporting the Canadian team, he's a, he's a great player. Yeah. Um, and they've got loads of good young players as well. Um, and I think they I think they they can be slept on. Um, it, the tough thing is where I, I think they could finish really really high in the West, even possibly win the West, uh, which gets them obviously home court. But when it comes to the playoffs, you worry about when they run into a LeBron, when they run into a Kawhi, with the people with experience who have done it, who have got over the line. Uh, even like I know James Harden hasn't won anything, but someone. Like when they run into an elite player, can they keep up with another team scoring? Um, mm. But they they're a, they're a team over the next four or five years who I think get older, get uh, and get more mature yeah. and go from youngsters to veterans. I think they can be a really good team. Yeah. They're a really good team anyway. And also, when we talked about with, with, like where they play with yeah, the attitude, the attitude yeah, they almost it. win every game at home yeah. because everyone's absolutely shot going yeah. up there. They can't obviously keep their breath in that. Like every time we've played away from, I used to hate Arsenal. Yeah. Yeah, because exactly. they're 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 a great team anyway. Let alone when you've got twenty percent less oxygen. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. No, that's it's, that's a great shout. I mean, they're they're the same thing. I, I had the same team in my head. Um, I think that it wouldn't surprise me at all if they do exactly the same. They they go and win the West. It wouldn't surprise me at all. I think they've uh, they've got the tools there. They've, they're running it back. They're doing it again, as you've just said. Um, with the altitude they've got on home court advantage, it's huge. And um, they would need to get that, in my opinion, if they were going to. Make a make a West final or make a they need they need that home court for me yeah because that, because that is massive yeah. in any series you go two 0 up in as I say the yeah. the odds are ridiculous in your favour yeah and then after that anything can happen if you just defend your bit yeah you who knows they get nervous they they get nervous at home you nick one and it's over yeah. pretty much yep yeah. no you're right so yeah going two 0 up at home is huge unless you're the Bucks of course but, <laughs> sure. um, yeah no that's 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 uh, spot on I think you nailed it I don't need to add anything to that. Um, right, guys, the next segment we will come on to, we're going to look at the seedings. We're going to quickly run through them and we're going to do some Vegas over under in terms of uh, game wins. We'll come on to that next. OK, so in this section, we are going to give our ridiculously early NBA seedings that are going to finish up at the end of the year. Um, so I'm going to do the West. Chris, you're going to do the East and we're going to give our one to eight and then we'll also, at the end, we'll give two potential gate crashes as well. So I'll start, and I'm going to go with the winners of the West will be the Lakers. Now, quite obvious, really. Uh, we've, we've, if they can stay fit, if AD and LeBron are, are fit all season, I think it will, uh, it will actually be pretty, pretty comfortable work for them. I actually think. Although it was brilliant that they didn't get Kawhi from a league point of view, because it would have just been ridiculous if they did. 
Um, I actually quite like some of the work they did in the end. You know, they've got a great pickup in Danny Green. Um, and I think that the, their team looks relatively balanced. It will all hinge, really, on if those two can stay yeah. fit. Because if one of them goes down, it's a suddenly a totally different story. And you can see them dropping to somewhere between fifth and sixth, maybe even. A bit like what's happening with the Warriors at the moment. It's a nice buffer to have when you have one superstar. It, it, oh, is... oh, we've only got one top five player now. <laughs> what a nightmare. This is true, this is true. So I think, <laughs> that, um, riches. I think that the, the Lakers will take it. And if they stay fit, I think they'll take it at a bit of a canter in the end. Um, second, and we've already sort of touched on it, I'm going with Denver. I think that, um, you know, that they, all the tools are there. We, we've already covered it. I think that they're the people are sleeping on them. No one's really getting uh, mentioning uh, the Nuggets again, just like they didn't last year. And um, I think they're there to do it again. So I'm going with, with second seed as Denver. Third will be uh, LA Clippers. A uh, bit of a blow for them uh, starting the season without George. Um, he could be out for... Anything up to about a month, we're hearing. Um, so although it shouldn't really massively impact them overall, um, it's going to be a blow for them. And I think it depends how they load, manage Kawhi mm. as well. Um, so, yeah, a couple of question marks at the Clippers. And, you you know, you take them two, two guys out. Yeah, OK, you've still got a couple tough of good players well. there. And they've got a very tough start as well. Yeah, but they've got enough. They've got enough to be seeding high. So you, I think anything less than the top three, and you'd be going to be a bit disappointed with how they... How the Clippers are going to be seeding there. Uh, fourth, I've got Houston. Uh, going to be really interesting to see how their uh, how their relationship works now with uh, with Russ and Harden there. Um, really intrigued to see that actually. But you know, let's have it right. They they've got a strong team. They've got one of the best fives, opening fives there in the league. Uh, it's whether they can monopolise that top that top three, which you know wouldn't surprise me at all. Wouldn't surprise me if they actually top the division. But I've got them in at four. I'm going Utah at five. Uh, done some really good business Utah they've got a really strong team really strong team I think even five might be a bit a uh, bit, bit harsh, bit harsh yeah. on them but actually no, they're but very very good very, very good team yep. so uh, yep, they're at five six uh, again is the Trailblazers uh, again uh, they've, they've picked up Hassan off of us be interested to see whether he plays much um, I think he will to start because um, who's their starting centre usually? Oh, um, um, I think he's out injured, isn't he? Yeah. Oh, that's yeah, it. Yeah. Nurkic, that's Nurkic, it. Yeah. Yeah. So, I, I think Nurkic will start when he gets. Oh, back of course he will. Of course he will. He's a great he's player. Great but um, yeah, it'd be good to see Hassan's been uh, been mouthing off a little bit um, about what he's going to do and what he didn't get the chance to do in Miami. Yeah, so uh, we'll see what he does. So I've got them at six, which is pretty much Trailblazers all over. They're always around that sort of seed. Then I've got the Warriors at seven. Um, now. The Warriors are really intriguing because I can't see them do it. They're going to be fine. They'll they'll end up around that sort of seed, anywhere between sort of maybe four, five, six, seven, eight. You know that sort of seeding will be will be them. But by the time the playoffs roll around and their intensity suddenly goes up a few levels, Clay will also be back by then. It wouldn't even rule. You wouldn't even be ruling out them to start challenging again. They would, they will not care one bit about their seeding. They will exactly. just want to get to the playoffs. If they finish eighth. They will not care. Nah. As long as if if, if uh, Steph and Clay are healthy, they will take eighth, and and the first seed will absolutely brick absolutely it. be brick it. it. No yeah. one, no one, it won't be. In fact, I wouldn't be surprised to see teams. They always jockey for seeding. The Cavs did it to us, where they gave us the one seed so they could play us because they yeah. knew they could beat us. All that. Wouldn't be surprised if you're Jews play the Warriors. Do mini better, better, better leave it. Yeah, better lose a couple. Yeah, absolutely. Because you, you are going home. Yeah, they're, they're the one team you, you're not going to want. You do not face. want them in the first round. Nah. Imagine that all season working your nuts yeah. off and then playing with them. So it's going to be really interesting to see them. And then um, I wasn't going to pick uh, pick this team as the eighth seed, but you can't not. And that's <laughs> that's the San Antonio Spurs. I actually prefer. 
a couple of other teams above them, but they will find a way to get in. Pop they, they, this pop, it's what they do. They get in there, um, and they, they, you know, they'll they won't cause much problems. They'll 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 give anyone a game. But um, they, they, they take two off uh, Warriors. I think, uh, it was, I think it was two. It yeah. was one or whatever. And bearing in mind, they were like, and then Warriors turned it on, obviously. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah right. Actually, they did take two. Because they, they, they made a meal out of it. Yeah. Like, oh, my God. And then yeah. they came back that's and right. smashed them. So they'll, they'll be in at eight because that's what they do. Um, so that's my one to eight. And then my gate crashers that should be looking to try and get in there. The obvious one, I think, will be uh, the Pelicans. Um, they intrigue me more than any other team in the league this year. I'm really excited to see how they get on. Now, this is pretty much the nucleus of the same team that didn't make the playoffs last year with the Lakers, but they've got all that young talent. They haven't got LeBron breathing down their neck and calling them out, um, and they've got a you know a budding superstar, and also some great players, Drew Holiday, etc. They've got a good team. They've got a good team. So their aim should be the playoffs. Um, I have them just missing out only because of Spurs' history, but um, it wouldn't surprise me to see yeah, them coming. Yeah. yeah. And then the only other team that maybe could cause a bit of damage, well, there's a few teams because the, the West is just so, so stacked. It's so brutal, isn't it? It's brutal, it really um, is. But literally, there'd be like 10 or 12 of them could be plus yeah. teams in the East. Yeah. Oh, definitely, definitely. Um, but I'm gonna, I'm gonna just going to give the nod to Dallas. Um, I think offensively, I think they're really, really good. I think they've actually got one of the best offences in the league. I think, you know, Porzingis coming, really, coming back. Really intrigued to see Porzingis yeah, and, same, and Doncic. Same. Uh, Doncic, obviously, be, be great to see if he can continue that level and kick on again. Because if we do, then, you know, wow, what a player what a player he's going to be. Um, so Dallas uh, are, are looking strong again. I think that they're going to cause a lot of teams problems. I never like going to, going to play against them. They're a nuisance of a team. Um, so that is my one to eight and my two potential upsetters along the way. I would, to be honest, I was... That's pretty spot on, mate. I, I didn't see him write. I didn't see him write these down, by the way. But I probably wouldn't have gone much different. Too different, really. Maybe Jazz maybe moved up a little bit. But yeah. again, it's so stacked up there. Who yeah. you swapping? Who you swapping for? It's the top. It all de- as I say. I think it depends how as I say how the Clippers. They're not going to play their stars running to the ground like we no. did and like that. So they're going to manage them and also. AD and Bron have had injuries. They're going to be managed. So I, d- I think it's just going to... I don't think the Lakers or the Clippers will be bothered where... Mm. They, want to be, they want to have a home court, so they want to be a top yeah. four. But yeah. I don't think they're like, oh, we must get the number one seed. No, no. Because they're that stacked. They don't need to be. Yeah. No, fair enough. No. Okay, right. You've got the East for us, mate. Yeah. What you got? Um, I've gone for the Bucks winning it again. Mm-hmm. Um, I do feel they're just a, a powerhouse of a regular season team. Um, Janice obviously just apps just filled with shooters around him um, and they will you'll always get the teams that they steamroll by a 30 when they're yeah. tanking and that and they're obviously we struggled against them massively the regular season they're a very good team um, it's only when you're and let's be honest like, of course teams try but no one not they take plays off and stuff like that like in the regular season teams just they'll just roll over and just give them give them the win really whereas in the playoffs you, your weaknesses get magnified so um, I see the Bucks winning it um, but not by a lot from Philly I think them two they're they're the obvious elite. They're the only elite ones in um, the East. Mm. The gap is yeah, for, for me like the Philly will Philly's lost a star and a, and their best shooter. But for me they're more rounded and also yeah. now they've got Horford in. There won't be such a steep drop off when Embiid sits now. They can slide into the five or if they're going to play them together or whatever they're going to do. Um, they're 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 so much more rounded and they they can play more. They can play different ways rather than. Or and B plays one way, he dribble hands off and he gives it to someone else and they make a shot. Like yeah. I think they're more dimensional now, Philly. Yeah, I agree. Um I've got us in third. Um Ooh. 
Again, uh, from third to eighth is a toss-up. Um, I'm not even doing. It. I'm a realistic fan. I mean, we're not. We're no longer a contender. Um, when we lost Kawhi, that was my only sadness about it was the fact that we weren't going to legitimately have a chance to defend it because we all know, as I say, I, I think I could see us winning a, a, like a series, a one series, and then we'll play an elite team. We'll get knocked out yeah. because we haven't got that person to take us over the the the, um, the hump kind of thing. But. I refuse to read this stuff online that we're not going to make the playoffs. And, oh, and I, as I say, the only reason I got us above the Celtics is because, all right, Kemba and Kyrie are very similar trades, whereas you trade Al Horford, one of the best defenders in the league, for Ines Kanto, who is awful defensively. The, the Celtics will, will, they will give up points. And other than the Celtics, I've not known anyone as high on their, their players, like, as I say, like, Jaden Brown and Tatum, they're all very nice players, but they're talking about them being like on max deals and oh, stuff yeah. like that. So I, I don't generally get the hype, but no. it, like for me, I see, I see us still do, doing well. But as I said, the gap between the one and two, there's a big jump for me. There's ten or twelve games difference there, so them two will run away with it. Um, again, the Raps and the Silks for me could could in, could be either three and four, but I see us being the next best. Um, next, I would have the Nets. Um, very interested to see how they do. Uh, last season, they were very, very dangerous young team, really good shooting team. Mm. They then swapped uh, D'Lo for Kyrie, who mm-hmm. obviously we've got to see how he fits in with how we all know how it went with Celtics in terms of leading a young team. Um, how is it going to be different? Um, but ability-wise, massive, massive yeah. upgrade. Um, and they've also got some great young... Karis LeVert, um, they've got some good shooters. Um, Joe Harris, obviously won a three-point competition. They're, obviously, once they get Durant, um, I, I, I pick them as in the next five years or three years, uh, for them to compete for a title, I think they'll, they'll be that good. Yeah. Um, but obviously, Durant's not there this season, otherwise I'd have them even higher. Yeah. Um, so I have them in in, uh, in fifth, only because, again, they, I mean, they could spring a surprise, but again, there's a lot of players changing that need to gel, mm-hmm. all yeah. that kind of stuff. Um, next, I've got Miami. Um, for you Heat fans um, I've got you it was a toss between you and the Pacers to be honest and the reason why I gave it a nod is obviously the addition of uh, Jimmy um, and the fact the Pacers haven't got a depot for at least two yeah, months of the right. season yeah. Yeah. and if you look at their team as much as the Pacers are a good team they've lost shooting they've lost Bogdanovich I know they brought in Brogdon um, but if you look at their team they've, they've lost quite a lot of creativity and obviously mm. got a depot does everything um, so it looks like they'll be a good defensive team as always but if you look at their team, you think, who's going to go and get yeah. you a bucket? So that's why I think Heat can... I mean, Heat, Heat for me will start better because well, they haven't got the star player paces. So paces could catch up. I think them two would definitely be, yeah, be a sixth and a seventh, yeah. yeah. Uh, it could be either or. Um, and then in eighth, I've got the Magic. Um, I was really impressed with them during the, during the regular season. Um, again, they as much as everyone jokes about them, obviously it's just uh, Orlando Magic. Like, they've got some good young players. Mm. Um, they impressed me, obviously, even in the playoff games, that... That we we managed to win. They're still playing really hard, and they just lack that one star, like a lot of teams yeah. do. That one superstar. I do think if they had, even for a year, if they had managed to get like a top twenty player, like Vucevic is a really really good player. Terence Ross is still a great player. Mm. Um, obviously, no one knows what's happened with Fultz. Um, but if they just had that one star, I think they could surprise yeah. a lot of people. They're, yeah. they're, they're a nuisance they're, of a team. To play they are. They're, they're, yeah. You don't you don't really know what you're going to get with them. Mm. But on their day, like we played them in regular season, and I think they beat us. I think they beat us one one and one, but when they yeah. played, they couldn't miss a shot. Like yeah. they they were they were unbelievable. So they they would be there again. This this they could all the the, the bottom four could intertwine. To be honest, it yeah. all depends on how they start. Um, and then the two sleeper teams I have who could make it is the Pistons, who they have added D Rose. Um, so he's a good addition, and they've also whether there's been trade rumors with Blake. If Blake goes there, there's no chance because yeah. he's been he's been huge for them. 
averaging like 24 points a season or, yeah. uh, or whatever he was. Um, he's been a very good get for them. And the Hawks. The Hawks are a very young team, but I've been really impressed with what I've seen. Yeah. Um, and they're, again, for me, a couple of years away from... Because mm. they're in a big rebuild from... They were a powerhouse under... Um, Boonholzer, they had 60-odd wins and then LeBron knocked him out yeah. um, a few years back when they had um, Al Horford, they had mm. uh, Carl Corver. Um But they're, they're all, they're, as I say, if they keep, um, obviously, Trey Young and they build around him, I, th- I think they're, they're a team to watch in the upcoming. Yeah, I think, um, I think yeah. the, the, the Hawks are sort of like the Pelicans of the East, aren't they? They're, they're still yeah. very young and a, lot, a bit A lot raw. of question marks, but it's like quite a lot of interest. Yeah, going to be exciting to watch them. So, uh, yeah, a, a bit like you with my predictions of the West... I don't really have much difference. I think the, the only difference between the East and West is really that the, the top two are so much better than the rest. Um, as you say, anything 10 to 12 wins you can see between second and third. Um, and then, yeah, it's a jostle for position. I think that I would I would probably go for exactly what you've done, maybe um, maybe one or two slight swaps. But no, it's, uh, it's pretty much spot on. I think you've got that there, mate. So that's our seedings. And what we're going to do is uh, when we get to the playoffs, we will uh, we will come back to that. And uh, we'll try and do another pod. Hopefully, uh, Bobby can join us as well then. And um, we'll look through and see how far away we were or how spot on we were. That would be quite interesting to do. So we'll look back at that. And uh, we'll finish this segment now. We've, we've chosen three um, Vegas over-under uh, wins per season this year. So I'm going to give Chris three names. And he's going to tell me what he thinks uh, their wins are going to be this year. Now, if you think that, obviously, 41 games is 0.500. So what do you think in terms of wins? And I'll start with a team you obviously know very well, with Toronto. Um, I would say... 52... 52, Vegas has it, or from our point of view, yeah. Bet365 has it, <laughs> uh, 47.5. Wow. So you should be that taking like, that bet, mate. You should be that taking is, that, that bet. That is like middle of the pack. Yeah, that's, um, that's about fifth or sixth in the East. I like, I like it that everyone's, everyone's dropping. We're, we're no different. We always put down, so it doesn't yeah. matter. Yeah, but um, no, if you if you like that, uh, you're saying five wins more than that, mate. I'll be, uh, Minimum, I'll be, I'll be very surprised if we don't hit 50. We, we, we hit 50 for five or six seasons when we had the Rosen yeah. and Lowry. Mm. And now we've got Siakam in for me. It's just as good. Yep. Okay, so, yeah, I, I, minimum money. 50. Minimum 50. So, uh, yep, Chris will be uh, wedging I, I'll on have a pound one. on that. <laughs> <laughs> right, okay. Next one. LA Lakers. Um, I do think they I do think they'll manage their stars. So I don't think it's going to be like a, a Golden State seventy three one season. Uh, I think sixty one. You're way over fifty one point five, and yet wow. that is still one of the highest. I think only Clippers have it higher than that. I think mainly probably because it's just such a brutal. Div- uh, conference I think that people will be taking wins off everyone we Mate. don't know about the load management but they have it at 51.5 well that's a big that's a big gap another another potential I, do, I just think I know what you're saying but you can also have the same argument alright the, the level of play is high and the players are but you're forgetting how elite their yeah. two main players yeah. are and one of them can take over a game on their own they've got two of them yep um Okay. Yeah, I'll, I'll definitely have the one. I'll have a little double here. A little double, so it's a pound on each. Yeah. And then right at the other end of the scale, this is my last one. Cleveland. Cleveland. <laughs> <laughs> right, wow. 
Um, God, they are horrific. Like everyone knew when LeBron left, it was going to be a, a fire sale. They had nothing. Yeah. Uh, I'll be amazed if they clear thirteen wins. <laughs> wow. I'll be amazed. <laughs> right. Well, bet three six fives has them at twenty three point five. No chance. No chance. Who's going to get them over the hump? What, Kevin, Kevin Love will be gone in, in January. And then what, Chelly Osman's going to get them over then? Tristan Thompson. Right, well, I'm going to have a treble with Chris him. Chris is having a treble. And he's there's, no way, there, there's no way there's no way, to get 23. Okay, you heard it here first. Okay, mate. What, what? <laughs> I'll get laughed off on that one. <laughs> what have I got? Right, I'm going to pick for Dan. Uh, what is it? Oh. Right, okay. So, I'm going to return the favour and say your boy is Miami Heat. Right, Miami Heat. I am gonna go with forty forty three, I'm gonna go with. So you're just over just over just 500. over point five hundred. Forty three. What are we saying? Uh, where is it? Forty three point five. Oh well there you go. So, so I'm you, pretty you're much aligned. You're aligned with the uh, I'm, I'm aligned, so you're yeah. aligned with them, right. So yeah. you think just what they think. Right, the second one Again, really intriguing. The Pelicans. Yeah, the Pelicans, that is intriguing. In the They're West really as well. To watch, yeah, they? I'm really looking forward to watching Pelicans. Right, that's going to be tough. That's going to be tough. I'm going to put them just under 500. I'm going to say 39. 40.5. Oh, oh mate. You've got, you got, you got a job. You've got a job in the, in the, in the bookies, mate. Uh, I'm, I'm going to earn too much money out of this podcast, mate. Sorry. <laughs> <laughs> right, your, Final third, one. your third one. Uh, is a team that have made the playoffs for God knows how long, the uh, San Antonio Spurs. Okay, I think it's going to be similar. I'll put it a little bit higher. I'm going to say 42. 46.5. Well, a little bit off there then. A little bit off. So they've, they, Not they've as much as they... me. I was like 10 out of everyone. <laughs> so pretty close, pretty close. But um, yeah, that's, uh, that's pretty cool. That's pretty cool. So uh, there's, our, there's our over-unders. Pretty I'll, close. I'll, you was, I'll, I'll get laughed out of any bookies of those odds. <laughs> okay, right. So we're going to come on to now a final segment, which is going to be um, some quick fire uh, questions. We're going to throw at each other and uh, hopefully you can play along with this when you're listening. So uh, we'll be back in a minute. We'll get right back to today's episode in a minute, but first I just want to tell you that the Miami Heat UK account is now a proud affiliate and ambassador of Fanatics UK and NBA Store Europe. And I want to help you get a 10% discount on your next merch order. If you want to take advantage of this, you just need to do two very simple things. Firstly, if you click on the link that is embedded into the tweet that has sent this episode live, that will take you into the Fanatics website. You can then put together your order, and then when you get to checkout, all you do is put in voucher code HEATUK10. That's HEATUK1010, and that will give you a 10% discount at checkout. So if you want to get your new Miami Heat gear, if you want to get those Jimmy Butler jerseys, you'll need that code. However, This offer does not apply to just Miami Heat. It doesn't even just apply to the NBA. It is site-wide. You can get anything you want from the NFL teams. You can get NHL, MLB, MLS. It's even got some of the UK soccer stuff on there, and it is site-wide applicable. So just go to checkout, put in Heat UK 10 to get a 10% discount on your next merch order. Now back to the episode. 
Okay, we're gonna wrap things up with a quick fire question round. What I mean by that is it's gonna be a quick question and it's gonna be followed by a quick answer, whether that be just a yes, no or a word or just a short 10 second reply. That's how we're gonna play it. So we're gonna have five questions each and we're gonna rattle through them. Uh, my questions to Chris are gonna be NBA related and because this is predominantly a Miami Heat podcast, Chris's questions to me are gonna be Miami Heat related. So I'll go first. Chris, Zion Williamson has been touted as a generational talent and very much compared to LeBron James. Will he have the career that LeBron has had? No, I don't believe he will. Um, I don't believe we'll ever see anyone like LeBron. The way he plays, the way he how powerful he's in social media, um, I just don't see anyone living up to that talent again. No, I totally agree with that. There's only one LeBron. Uh, second question. Who is going to be the who is going to have a breakout year and make an all star for the first time this year? This was tough. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, Karis Levert. Um, very impressed from last year, um, and I feel like he'll make a step up even more. And even more surprising, actually, with the injury, how well he came back. Yeah, yeah, true, very true. Good, good answer, and I would actually tend to agree with that as well. Uh, third question Who is going to be this year's MVP? I think it's going to have to be LeBron this year. Ooh. I think it's going to be a very, very angry LeBron. Rested well, LeBron. Uh, LeBron. Um, I did think about maybe Steph Curry because of the amount of role yeah. that he's going to have to he's take on. He's going to be a lot of the ball, a lot of the shots. But I think LeBron, I think you're going to really see a dominant LeBron after all the, the narratives and Leonard and, mm. the, and how he's fallen off the perch. And I think you're going to see a really impressive season from him. Yeah, well, an angry LeBron, that's going to yeah. be exciting. Yeah. yeah. Okay, a Miami question for you. Will Miami... Uh, Eric Spolstra has just signed what is rumoured to be a four-year deal. Will Miami win another title in that four-year period? I believe it literally hinges on the next free, the next couple of free agencies. If they pick up a star to pair with Butler, the way the league is, I think they've got as, as good a chance to compete and obviously go deep into the playoffs and anything can happen. Um, if they don't do that, then... I think I don't see it happening, mm. um, and I'd like to see Spolstra. Do you know what I mean? He deserves it. He's a very underrated coach um, because of what he has to work with normally. Um, yeah. One more star should really give him the tools to push that a bit further. I yeah. think. Good, good answer. Yep. And finally, for you, a Raptors-related question. Uh, again, it's quite uh, well known that uh, Toronto doesn't get sort of the coverage or respect maybe that it should do in terms of uh, and getting in attracting free agencies. Um, now they've won a title, do you see them getting uh, more attraction in free agencies in the future? I do. Um, I believe it will always be difficult because people want to live in America. Um, but I do believe you can't, you can't do more than win a title. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think the global scale and the love that they've given, I think it's definitely helped it. Um, but until we get one, it, the narrative won't change, unfortunately. So until someone decides to sign there, um, it's always going to continue. But I do believe it's not far around, far around the corner. Yep. Excellent. Okay, mate. What right, you got Dan, for me? I've got your questions. The first one I go with: Who do you realistically think that you can attract in the 2021 stacked free agency? Bradley Bill. That's a surprise. <laughs> um, there's obviously it is stacked, and there's some silly names in there. Like the obvious answer would be say Giannis, but that's and not Leonard that's not what George. the question. That was that's what's the realistic. Yeah. I mean, I'm not saying we couldn't. We're a big enough market to do that, but. Um, it's quite obvious that we are heavy in 
for I, Bill. I think he didn't. He didn't even say today. Uh, the other day, or something like, "Yeah, it won't be money motivated," which means he ain't staying there. Yeah, exactly. he deserves better. I've, for how long I watched yeah. him, played against him, and said he needs to get to a decent team. Yeah, so uh, frustrating. Brad, Bradley needs a bit of a uh, bit of heat culture in his career. <laughs> right, second question: uh, What are your expectations for Tyler Hero this year after he was a standout player in the summer league? Yeah, the uh, the the fan base got a little bit carried away in G League. Uh, sorry, summer league because he was outstanding, but. Let's take it for what it is. He's a good, he's a great shooter. That's what we need. Um, but let's not get too excited just yet. He hasn't even played an NBA game yet. For me, he should be starting on the bench. But for me as well, he should be the one that finishes the season as a starter. I think for now, that should be Tyler's aim to finish as a good starter, good role player for the Heat. Yep. Fair enough. Um, this one's kind of a mix of the past and the current. Um, if you added prime Miami LeBron with D-Wade, that kind of era, if you added uh, the Miami LeBron to your current roster, that as it is now, do you think he could lead you to a title? Yes, I do, yeah. He was pretty dominant, weren't he? Yeah, he was pretty dominant. Yeah, I mean, I, I'm so gutted that I missed, missed, all, the boat, I missed all the good stuff and since then always I've watched his mediocre shit. But... Uh, <laughs> Yeah, imagine uh, how much more merch you'd have. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know So, uh, yeah, definitely. Yeah, he would. He would. Right. Fourth question: um, Will Waiters have a bounce back season? He needs to because it's his last chance. It's a lot. Of so, talk. He's been done a lot of talk, yeah, hasn't he? He's, he's done. He's done his talking in the gym. Uh, the first, the the thirty eleven year of a couple of years ago, he was awesome. He was awesome. He's frustrating. I've spoke about that before. He can. Um, he can be a frustrating player, but when he's on his game. He's shit hot. So I believe that this is his last chance. If he, if he does well, he could even re-sign. He could even yeah. re-sign and become a big player still for us. He's, he's still got it in his bag. And to finish off, uh, one of your favourites, some rising stars. Um, what's Bam's ceiling, in your opinion? Yeah, I'm, I'm high, very high on Bam. Now, I, I maybe sometimes guilty of getting a little bit carried away, but his aim should be to become a top five centre in the league. Um, I think that's perfectly realistic. Um, he should be looking at All-Star very soon. Um, he's got to do a bit more in terms of he needs to add to his scoring, add to his rebounding. That's the one thing that we will suffer a little bit with this year because Hassan, for all his negatives, he was good at getting off the uh, rebounds off the glass and he would pitch in with scoring as well. Bam's got to work on that. If he continues to, to do what he's been doing in his short NBA career, he's got a very high ceiling and a very big future for the Heat. Yeah, good answers, mate. I've, I've, I've got to say spot on, mate. Well, I've admired him from afar. Yeah. Um, he's definitely your, your rising star. Yeah. Um, and as I say, he was out playing Hassan anyway, so for yeah. me, he needed to start, and it was just a blessing to get that contract gone, really. Yeah, no, he's got, um, he's got a big future, big future. Right, so we are now just going to work on the final section, which is just our mailbag. regular mailbag that we always look at. So we'll be right back in a second to answer the few questions from the thousands of fans that we have listening to this podcast. Be back in a sec. The final segment of today's podcast, as always, is a mailbag section. And we have a couple of questions here from the guys that have reached out on Twitter. So first question to you, this uh, Chris. This is from Cam at Mace, Wa- Mace Wall, and his question is, what impact do you think Paul George being out until November will have on the start of this Clippers season, bearing in mind that their first two regular season games are against Lakers and Golden State? 
Um, I actually think it helps them. I actually think it relieves a lot of pressure and not saying they could get an excuse, but I actually think they could turn around and say, oh, well, we weren't full strength. Mm. Um, nothing's won in the first uh, 10 games of the season or whatever, and if they can get them games against the big boys out of the way, oh, okay, you don't want to lose uh, tiebreakers and all that, and obviously the, it's more the bragging rights against the Lakers, of course, because they're both playing the same arena. Um, but, yeah, they'll, they'll lose his quality and the, obviously what he gives you on, on the court, but I just think... It doesn't really matter, to be yeah. honest. Um, yeah. uh, I still think they can get caused from a problem. They're both going to be learning how to incorporate the new players into it. Um, I, I don't think it makes that much difference, really, uh, other than these points per game, which obviously they'll miss that. Yeah. But it n- nothing's won that nah. early on in the season. So, yeah. um, no, nah, I, I don't think it's too, too big a deal, to be honest. Yeah, no, and actually, you make a good point. It's something I hadn't really thought of that it, it will actually help with their expectations, which. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, they can just say, well, we didn't have Paul George. So, uh, yeah, being that early... Well, I, the I pressure's t- on the Lakers then. I, yeah, I totally agree. Yeah, the Lakers have now got to go and win that opening game. Against and I'd, Clippers, I'd also I? say that, OK, Golden State's still formidable, but it, all right, okay, without Paul George, you've still got Lou Will, you've still got Kawhi Leonard. I'd still take the Clippers to go and beat the Warriors. Yeah. I know they've got Steph and D'Lo and Draymond, but yeah. other than that, tell me who else they'd be worried about on that team. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, I think uh, pressure now is all, all on Lakers yeah, to win that first game. 100%, yeah. yeah. Yeah, thanks, uh, Cam, for that. That's a good question. Chris? Right, Dan, I'm going to turn one to you. This is from uh, David Forsyth, DJ Forsyth 2. Do you think the Heat will make any moves? Maybe CP3? Uh, at the moment, I don't. But I I have actually semi-prepared myself to the fact that it's probably going to happen. Um, the rumours won't go away, and that tells me something. That speaks quite loudly. Um, I think that it will probably be around trade deadline, and I do, as much as I don't want it to happen, I can see the season being finished with Chris Paul in a Heat uniform. Um, I'm not going to be you know, down on it because he's a good player and we should be in some form of contention. And who knows, it might, that spark, that energy that he provides, that might, might work in our, in our favour. But I think it will happen. I just don't think it will happen yet. But watch this space, I think. One thing I would say, we spoke about before, um, I don't think anyone's addressed the fact that when Butler kind of went to Heat, although he had a long-standing uh, like affiliation wanting to go there with the weather and the lifestyle and all that, he kept saying he wanted to win. So we thought, in a way, it was a bit weird him signing, signing for the Heat when they're mm. not quite up there yet yeah. in terms of competing. And then I said to you, you ever thought the fact that when um, Butler went, I'll go there, but you get me a star at the start of the season or January? So I, I still think there's a move There's a move coming. Mm. I think I can't see Butler, Ben when he's just coming to the back end of his prime to just go there for a lifestyle. I still think he wants to win. So I think he's gone there and said, look, I'll sign for you, but you better go and get me someone. Mm. So, And I don't think a lot of people have even mentioned that. So, yeah. And them two together, that's pretty pretty yeah. powerful. So I would not be shocked to see Miami get... get and it's, it's, As I say, it's Pat to do that. It's very similar. There's like yeah. his history to go and get all out star, yeah, isn't that's it? it. The, the, the phrase usually is, get the star and figure out all the shit later. Yeah, Yeah. that's it. That's Pat's sort of philosophy. So, uh, yeah, no, good question. Thank you very much for that. Our final one was from uh, my buddy P over at uh, Miami Marlins UK, um, who does the same sort of thing as what I'm doing here, but all uh, MLB Miami Marlins related. Um, For the people that will have no idea what he's talking about here, his question was, is there an equivalent to Wei-Yun Chen on the Heat's roster? Now, Wei-Yun Chen is a 20-odd million pound uh, a year contract and he is an overpaid useless entity on uh, on Marlins' roster 
uh, a pitcher that is um, well. Let's let's put it politely. He's had a lot of losses, a lot of L's on his column this year. So looking at the Heat roster, it's not as bad as it used to be. But um, the obvious answer would come as uh, James Johnson. I would put in that sort of bracket. Uh, it's been a really frustrating time for JJ. On uh, the first year or so supporting this team, I thought he was great. He was actually one of my favourite players. A very fit, a very athletic, energetic player. He can play at both ends. He's got it to be able to do it. We didn't see any of that last year. Didn't see most of it the year before, mainly because of injury. And this year, despite regularly posting that he's fighting fit and he's in the gym... He's come back to training camp and he's been excluded from training camp as the only player who has not who has not met conditioning rules. So he's now been banished from the squad for the last three days, um, which is really disappointing. So uh, I hope he gets back. I hope I expect him to join up with the squad maybe next week. Um, otherwise, something's really wrong and we might even have to start looking into is there a wider issue here. But at the moment, JJ, you are our Wei and Chen of the roster. So uh, thanks Pete for that question and uh, throwing a bit of Marlin stuff in there as well. Guys, that is it for this week. Um, Chris, I've really, really appreciated you coming on. Uh, It's been a great, I think we've done really well. I think we've had a real good conversation there, covered a lot of stuff. Um, As I've already said before, this is a Miami Heat podcast, but we can't have a season preview without talking about the rest of the NBA and um, I've really enjoyed getting Chris's takes and his knowledge of the game uh, involved today. So, cheers for coming, Chris. Thanks for having me, Dan. All the best to uh, the rest of the season, uh, the Miami fans. Yeah, and um, I'm sure we will look to do something later on in the season. We'll also get Bobby involved, who uh, had to miss out today, um, get his takes on all things Philly, as well as everything else. Um, Chris, where can uh, the, our thousands of listeners find you on Twitter yeah, if they if want to If you want to hear up? me waffling about other sports and NBA and Raptor stuff and general highlights and stuff, uh, you can follow me at CJHoward88 on Twitter. Um, as I say, I'm a, I'm not a biased fan or anything at all. I like to talk about all different teams, so get interacting. be good to speak to people. Yeah, great. Thank, thanks again, mate, for coming on. It's been really enjoyable. Guys, that is it. That is episode three of Heating Up the UK in the books. And we will be back once the season starts. And I will try my hardest to make this a regular weekly thing on everything going on with the Miami Heat. See you soon, guys.